When you post hunting photos on Instagram, they get censored. When you post on Go Wild, you get virtual fist bumps from fellow hunters. When you buy gear on Amazon, you gas up a billionaire spaceship. When you buy gear on Go Wild, we donate to a camp that teaches kids to hunt, fish, and shoot. See the difference? Go Wild is a free social community built by hunters for hunters. Join today at DownloadGoWild.com and I'll give you 10 bucks just for setting up your account. And you'll keep unlocking Go Wild rewards as you share content because guess what? We like hunting pictures. Join at DownloadGoWild.com or in the App Store. Hey guys and gals, welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoor Podcast where you will be educated, entertained, and equipped to get more out of your outdoor experience. So hold on tight because here we go. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoors Podcast. Welcome to the show. That's about all the energy I have. (laughs) I'm going to be real honest with you guys right up here in the front. I am exhausted right now. I don't know what happened at work, but for some reason, it seemed like right after Thanksgiving, everybody just decided that they were going to really go crazy and work extra hours and do all this stuff before Christmas and I'm just exhausted. It has been a crazy, crazy three weeks at work. On top of that, I've had a lot of family stuff going on. Uh, my brother-in-law, my wife's brother, he's in the Marines, and he's been deployed overseas for the past nine months, and he finally got home this last weekend, so we've been spending a bunch of time with him, with him which has been awesome, obviously. Um, and then, man, on top of that, we, uh, we've we had two Christmas parties, uh, just a lot. And so, to back up just a little bit, so Friday I got off work, Drove out to the ranch in time to get in a stand. Had a really awesome hunt. Uh, I ended up seeing 14 deer that evening. Uh, part of the reason I hunted was more just a scout more than anything. And I learned a lot of really valuable information. Uh, I was sitting in a stand kind of overlooking. I had a feeder in front of me. But to my right, I was overlooking some oats that we... It's not a, I mean, not a food plot. Like We didn't necessarily plant them for the deer. If anything, we really planted them for the cows, and so we just had no-till drilled some oats into the Bermuda grass, uh, you know, kind of right at the end of the growing season, so the, the Bermuda's kind of going dormant, the oats are growing up through the Bermuda, and deer were just absolutely pouring out into them. I, I lost track. I think I saw 14 deer. I think I said that earlier, um, but I really don't know. I mean, deer were in and out. They were chasing each other around, mostly does. I saw at least two bucks, no big bucks, but... Still really, really fun, and uh, man, I'm going to have to do something about that. Like, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I've been getting some, some pictures of bucks after dark on that feeder. I guarantee you those bucks are out in those oats also, and so maybe they're there before dark, maybe they're not, um, but I definitely need to figure out some way to hunt those oats. The hard part is the timber that they're coming out of is on the neighbors, and when I say that's a cattle pasture, I'm talking wide open, no trees, no tall grass, you know, it's been grazed down, absolutely nothing to hide behind. And so I may have to come up with a way to like stack some hay bales out there or put a ground blind, something like that. But I have a feeling that, uh, you know, I may be able to have some success out there if I can, uh, figure out a way to hunt it. So, so that was Friday evening, had a deer, couple deer in bow range, but nothing I felt like shooting. Uh, Saturday morning, woke up at 5 a.m., uh, went out, set up some decoys, killed some ducks. I'll probably talk about that later uh, and go into more detail about it. But shot a few ducks and then drove home to hang out with my brother-in-law and my wife's family. Had a great time with them. Uh, we ended up staying up till like 1.30 a.m. playing board games Saturday night. Sunday night, we had a, a Christmas party at the church. Uh, Tuesday night, we had a Christmas party at, for my wife's work, like an employee party. And then, obviously, I've been working around all of that and in during all that. And so, I'm pretty exhausted. That's all I'm going to say. Luckily for me, I kind of had, I actually recorded this podcast last week and had it in the bank. Uh, and so, I'm going to throw that in here now. And so, I don't have to do too much work tonight, which is good. So, but uh, yeah, that's pretty much all the, uh, oh, I do have one more fun announcement. It's going to be fun for me. I don't know how fun it is for you guys, but I am very, very excited about it. Uh, I sent off my application, whatever you want to call it, to be credentialed for the 2022 Archery Trade Association, and I I got credentialed, whatever you want to say that. I got accepted, however you want to say that. Uh, And so I am going to my very first ATA show this year uh, in January, 
and I am absolutely pumped. I I joked with my brother that that is the only reason I started a podcast was so that I could go to the ATA show. Um, for those of you who don't know, Archery Trade Association they do it once a year, and it's like a it's a a huge hunting show basically, but it is a industry only show. So you can only go if you you know work for a stand company or a food plot company. Uh, you know it has to be in the industry. I was able through the Sportsman's Nation and this podcast to get a press pass, um, and so the show is Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They started, I think, last year shutting the show off uh, to press people on Friday, um, but I can I'm allowed to go on Saturday and Sunday. Um, I'm I'm probably not going to take any of my podcasting stuff. Um, you know, I don't, I don't really plan on trying to podcast or get a booth or anything like that. I am mostly, honestly, just excited to go and just see it all. Um, you know, a lot of companies are unveiling their new products during this show. Um, everybody in the industry is there. You know, I'm excited to meet some people. Uh, I'm excited to meet other podcasters, companies, hopefully make some contacts that, you know, I can bring into the show and, uh, you know, share some discounts and stuff with you guys. So just very excited about it. Absolutely blown away excited i don't know how else to put it i'm very very selfishly excited to go to that so so that's some pretty big news um like i said been you know killing some ducks saw some deer um i've had some some big bucks showing up on trail camera again which is awesome uh like i said in some previous podcast my plan is basically just to let them go for a couple weeks not pressure them you know let them get comfortable and i kill a lot of deer like i mentioned before uh, you know, the last 20 days of the season, like between Christmas and the 15th when the season ends, that if I had to pick like 20 days of the entire season to hunt to kill a mature buck, that's probably when I'd do it. And so, yeah, getting ready for that, excited about that. And I think that's going to do it for my intro. Uh, I'm very excited about this podcast. A lot of you guys have probably seen this guy's picture floating around. Today I am talking to Court Travis, and Court is an Oklahoma State student who shot a awesome 213-inch buck just a couple miles off campus. Like I said, you guys have probably seen his picture all over social media. Um, I think he was on the North American Whitetail um, uh, Instagram page, uh, Oklahoma Bowhunter, um, all kinds of just, I mean, everywhere, really, really cool story. And so I was able to track him down and we finally got it worked, worked out for him to come on the show. And I have to say right off the bat, uh, I was very impressed with court. Um, just his, his maturity, how he's handled all this stuff. Um, you know, how he handled the whole, the hunt and everything. Uh, he's the type of guy, when you hear about something like this happening, He's the type of guy that you want it to happen to. So I just like I just want to throw that out there before y'all listen to it. But uh, yeah, Court and I have a great talk. We talk about you know how he got access, uh, hunting the deer, killing the deer, all that good stuff. We cover the whole thing, and uh, and I really like covering the stories of these big deer because you know just the whole social media thing nowadays. You know, you always have the the people commenting and hating and high fenced and this and that and stuff. So I really like having these guys on uh, just to let them tell their own story. And you know, these he's just a normal everyday guy, just like you and me. Um, and I'm really really happy for him. So I hope you guys are too. Uh, like I said, it's a really good one, a great story for from a great guy. So with that being said, here is my interview with Court Travis. Hey everybody, welcome to the show today, and today we have a very special guest. We have Mr. Court Travis. How you doing, Court? Pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. Uh, before we got to uh, recording here, you said you were studying for finals, is that right? Yes, sir. This is finals week up here at OSU, and staying staying busy, that's for sure. Yeah. How many How many you got left? I've got two tomorrow morning, and then I am done. Perfect. Perfect. Man, that's uh, getting out nice and early. I like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, I cannot complain one bit. <laughs> so more, I, time, more time to hunt. Exactly, yeah. So I, I graduated in December of 2013, and I, I went to school in Idaho, actually. And um, when I finished my last final, I think it was like two days before Christmas Eve, and I had a, like a 30-hour drive home. And there was like a blizzard coming through Wyoming and stuff. And so I literally like took my last, I had everything packed. I took my last final and basically tried to outrun a blizzard to make it home in time for Christmas. So I'm glad glad you don't have that problem. So 
no, getting, definitely getting out, not up here. Getting out nice and early. So, well, sweet man. Well, uh, I got you on today because you killed an awesome buck, and uh, I can't wait to hear about it. Uh, but before Thanks. we before we get going, I want to take take a step back and uh, real quick. Why don't you just tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Well, um, so I'm currently a junior up here at Oklahoma State University. Um, I am a business major. Um, I've lived up here in Oklahoma since I was about seven. Uh, moved from Houston, Texas, and um, kind of grew up there uh, fishing in Galveston and uh, going hunting with my dad and his friends on some of his friends' ranches. And that's kind of how I got exposed to, I mean, hunting and fishing and just outdoors. And I loved it back then, but obviously being that young, I couldn't do, mm-hmm. I mean, as much of it as would have liked. But, uh, you know, just as I uh, got older and, and grew, it just my passion for hunting and the outdoors, uh, it just grew and grew and grew. And uh, sure enough, when we moved up here to Oklahoma, we were fortunate enough to have a couple leases that uh, we'd deer hunt on. And uh, that's been honestly like the biggest blessing ever because it was really close to where we were living. And uh, that's kind of where I've honestly done the majority of my hunting. And um, yeah, I mean, I'd say, I'd say that is uh, one of those things where it's like move up here, didn't really know what I was doing. And then you know, once I get a little bit older, then get 16 and have a vehicle, then I was out there just as much as I could. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I've always been one of those guys that I would much rather be outside, whether that's hunting, fishing, doing anything of the sorts, um, rather than being inside playing video games or, or doing anything like that. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much it. Awesome. Very cool. Very cool. So, so you're, uh, you're at OSU, which is great school, by the way. Um, and, uh, so you're up there and you are looking for a place to live and you wind up in this house and there's some land on it. And, and, uh, well, I don't want to talk about it too much, but basically tell us about, you know, just kind of finding this place and then what led you into asking for hunting permission. Alrighty. So, uh, actually the house that, um, we're on it's not on the property okay. uh, this house is pretty, pretty close to campus uh but uh so i found out about this house and the property from a fraternity brother that lived in it uh, a couple years prior and he lived in it for two or three years and then graduated this past year and then me and a group of guys moved in it as well this year and um i found out about it from he obviously knew about the property and uh i've actually goose hunted on it mm-hmm. she's got a couple winter wheat fields and uh i've goose hunted on it uh want to say yeah the past two years and so now it's you know like he kind of graduates moves on and go into that next chapter of his life so it's like okay like it's like this this property is kind of like you know we're almost like you know coming up into the, <laughs> the steps and so we started off by me and my roommate start off by dove hunting it and it was great. And, um, sure enough, I, I asked her if I could, uh, throw a camera out and she's like, yeah, go ahead. Like do whatever you need to do. Like you put a feeder, stand up, whatever you want to do. I was like, awesome. I was like, I mean, I don't even, I didn't even know what to expect. I mean, yeah. I was I was about to ask, had like, had y'all ever seen a deer out there, a deer sign, like, or did you just like, hey, this could be a place that could happen? Yeah. So last year, uh, it was after season actually, saw a few does out there and uh, a decent little buck. And so I knew like, okay, there's some deer in the area and all that. Um, but little did I know the caliber of mm-hmm. what was, what was in the area. And so, honestly, me just putting that first camera out was just, like, m- me not expecting anything and just wanting to just see, you know, what was out there because I really had no idea. Um, you look at the property and you wouldn't think much of it. Um, just like I didn't think much of it at first, but uh, 
it was it was very surprising to say the least. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome. So uh, you put a camera up and uh, talk about what you kind of started seeing. I mean, uh, like, did you get pictures of this buck right away, or was there just other deer? Uh, I guess what kind of got you excited about hunting it? Yeah. Uh, so the first week of having the camera out, we got uh, I want to say it was eight or nine different bucks on camera. Not a single picture of a doe, um, but eight eight or nine different bucks. And one of them was maybe a 135, 140 inch, probably five and a half year old eight point. And so like that, I got excited just from that. (laughs) Um, There was quite a few other young deer that were there um, that have great potential. Um, But I, I mean, I got excited also just seeing that one mature deer. Cause I mean, like I said, I, I didn't really know what to expect. I mean, it was just kind of like, you know, I was just putting it out there just to see. And so for that to show up in the first week, I was just like blown away. So then second week comes and I get a picture of a buck that's bigger than that, uh, than that eight point. And he's, he's just a mainframe nine. And I was like, Holy cow. Like, I was like, this is awesome. Like I couldn't believe it. Well then and that same night after seeing that one, then this big one shows up. And so this is on what a week and a half of having the camera out. Mm-hmm. And I finally got them on camera and, um, it was, I want to say he showed up for two weeks straight. Um, not two weeks straight, sorry, probably a week, week and a half straight of, um, only daylight or sorry, only nighttime, mm-hmm. uh, no daylight pictures of him, but I mean, just having him consistent for that time, it, it was real promising. And, uh, that was actually during the beginning of the season when he was showing up on them. Mm-hmm. So then sure enough, um, he just disappeared after those couple weeks. And he, I had the camera there a few more weeks and, or it was maybe just one week and he just disappeared. And I was, I just got real worried. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not stupid. I know there's a lot of hunters mm-hmm. out in this area and around there. And so I just, I just immediately got real worried and figured someone shot him mm-hmm. or he just moved on and just moved off the place. And, uh, so I ended up having to move stands and camera locations to the North side of the property. And sure enough, started getting him on camera again. Hmm. And uh, that was that was really hopeful. I mean, I, I honestly lost hope. It was, it, was, it was a roller coaster, that's for sure. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I mean, I definitely, it was one of those things where it was like, I was hopeful, but definitely, like, I, I really didn't, didn't have that high of hopes of getting them. Mm-hmm. Um, just and- because of how how much he wasn't like consistent yeah at that point and how big is this property i don't think we've said it yet so it's only uh 80 acres mm. it's crazy how moving a camera just from a you know like 80 acres obviously it's not that big so i mean i can't you couldn't have moved it what 200 yards maybe a little more than that yeah it was uh yeah it was probably around then around there but uh i'll tell you i'll tell you how or why that that happened from him moving from the south to the left in a second, but um, it was it was definitely one of those things where I mean I was still hunting it mm-hmm. like while he wasn't <laughs> showing up, mm-hmm. but just just because I knew like okay I have this deer on my camera like yeah. I have to like be sitting in the stand. Mm-hmm. Uh, now did you have a feeder or bait pile or anything out there yeah just just bait pile i Mm -hmm. i really didn't want to deal with uh hauling a feeder off in there and everything Mm -hmm. like that but um i mean it worked just fine i Mm -hmm. mean a feeder would have been nice (laughs) yeah but don't don't get me wrong don't get me wrong yeah (laughs) you know it's funny though because you know i've done it both ways and i really i and it doesn't make sense because, you know, if you don't have a feeder, that means you're having to go in there more often. You know, you're leaving more human scent. But I've found that, especially older bucks, 
they just react better to that corn pile you pour on the ground than a feeder. I don't know yeah. what it is, but it just it seems like, I don't know if they think it's more natural because there's not a big metal tree, you know, magically dispensing yeah. corn or what. But uh, yeah. it seems like they just react better to it. No, and I, I've definitely noticed that over, over hunting the years and just different properties is, like, we get some of our bigger deer that we get on camera on literally just corn piles, mm-hmm. like, on the ground. So, I, I mean, that that is an interesting thing. It's like, I don't I don't know why it is like that, but I've, I've definitely noticed that as well. Yeah. Uh, so, all right, so you move your stand. You're still hunting. Didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> Keep going. No, you're fine. Uh-huh. So, um move the stand, get them on camera. So at this point, it's like, it's like I'm getting them on camera like one or two nights in a row and then not seeing them for one or two nights and getting them for one and not seeing them for a couple. It's like, he's, he's real sporadic and just not consistent whatsoever. Um, so around this time I come in contact with the neighbor and, um, so we start texting and all that. And he obviously, we both know we both got this deer on camera and mm-hmm. we're sharing pics with each other and all that. And, uh, basically, so why that deer was up like the South end of the property, then moved to the North was so he has the property to the South and to the North of me. Mm-hmm. He did have a, a feeder, a gravity feeder, um, to the South of me that he apparently had been, been filling up for a while. So my first camera that I put out was on the South side. And the reason that I was getting them there was because that deer was basically living at that dude's feeder. Mm. And so then he stopped corn in that feeder and moved it to the north section because he said that because of the lack of does and the amount of bucks in that area, all of the deer end up moving up north, which a couple properties north of us is where apparently there's big old food plots and beans and whatever it is. Mm-hmm. and that's what's holding all these does and so it's like the bucks know that and they end up all all moving up north come rut because they go looking for does and mm-hmm. there's none there <laughs> so come to find out that's why that buck moved from the south to the north was because he started corning up north and stopped corning down south and i was like okay like you know kind of putting the puzzle pieces together mm-hmm. at this point and um basically well, we're mid-October, and it's just, like, one of those things where he's getting daylight pics and I'm not. And basically, was just getting real discouraged. Um, I just was, you know, hoping for uh, hoping for something lucky to happen. And uh, then uh, muzzleloader season came around. And so he was wanting his, his dad to get this buck, so that's why he wasn't um, in there as much as he should have been mm-hmm. trying to get this deer. Um, I want to say he said he's only, he'd only seen him once in person and it just, they wasn't able to, to make it happen. And I hadn't seen him at all. Hadn't even gotten a daylight picture of him mm-hmm. one time. I've had him within like probably 20 minutes of legal life, but just still not daylight. And, he's getting daylight pictures, you know, like every week of this deer. So it's just, it was just one of those weird things. And, um, come muzzleloader season, I'm hunting them just, I think I hunted them every single day. (laughs) And so what I'm hunting, still going to every class, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) And I love getting to that, but I mean, I think I miss, I've only missed probably a couple. Yeah. And, but I mean, I, I'm saying that, and I also mean it because the thing was, is there was always so many deer in that area and the field that I'm I'm hunting on. There were so many deer there that if I went and hunted that in the morning, I would have just bumped every single deer out off that field. And you know where it is, it's 80 acres, and just not a lot of stuff there. And so for for me to go hunt that in the morning, it just wasn't worth bumping it and potentially spooking this big deer. Yeah. Um, I was trying to do all the, do all the precautions, do it right. Because I knew, I knew if I saw him, I was only going to probably get one chance. Mm-hmm. And so I was literally, you know, using the, uh, the coon pee on the boots, you know, walking in to put the corn in and 
all of that stuff to wash my clothes every time before I went out in the scent free wash and had the spray and ozonics and just trying to, you know, do it all right. And, uh, one of, one of the things about doing it right was just meaning that I couldn't hunt morning. Mm-hmm. And I mean, for classes wise, yes, that, that was probably nice for my classes because I definitely would have skipped a lot more. <laughs> to deer. But, um, but yeah, so that's kind of funny. Gotcha. Sweet. Um, all right. So then, yeah. So muzzleloader season came around and muzzleloader is what? 10 days? Uh, something like yeah, that. Something like that. And, uh, so I was hunting, I think I literally hunted it every single afternoon and, uh, still, still the same old thing. I'm getting them on camera one night, not getting them on another night. And then, so I go out on, were you seeing Thursday. other bucks during this time? Yes, sir. I was, um, it just, they just weren't, weren't him. So, uh, <laughs> right. you know, just trying to, trying to hold out, uh-huh. um, some good deer, I will say. Um, just, just not, not quite old enough. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it's, it's hard to, to shoot a three and a half year old eight point when you know that buck's out there. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and also my roommate. So he, uh, he's from Texas. So he bought the whole out of state license and tag and all that. And so he's, he's been trying to get a deer and mm-hmm. so we actually got him one the other day out in arcadia nice. which which was pretty awesome but uh so i was also keeping him in mind of of you know he kind of was essentially letting me go out and get this deer mm-hmm. we never really had an argument or anything about it it just was kind of like he just but yep go for it which mm-hmm. was pretty cool and um you know that can all that can cause some potential some arguments and whatnot with the deer that big, but, but he was really cool about it. And, uh, so yeah, seeing a bunch of, seeing just about every other deer I have on camera out there, but, um, in person, but just not, not the right one, not, not, not him. And so come muzzleloader season, I'm hunting every single, every single afternoon. So it comes to Thursday and I check the card and sure enough, he's, he was coming like, I think he came the past three or four days. Um, I want to say pretty close to the afternoon. Like if it's getting dark at seven thirty, he was showing up at like a little before eight. Mm. So I was like, okay. I was like, that's like not something he's been doing recently. I was like, okay. So he's definitely living pretty close to me. Um, from from having that camera out, I ended up moving my my other camera that I had on the south to a different part of that field to just see if I could see which direction this deer's coming from. And so, sure enough, I was able to figure out he's coming from the north. And um, so I'm I'm trying to play the wind smart and all of that as well, of course. And um, essentially, I'm I'm hunting trying to hunt only on the north winds, west winds, and east winds, essentially, because I know he's coming from the north. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I'm not honestly remembering what it was, what the wind was doing like that week. Yeah. Obviously, with the gun, uh, you, you can get away with a little more. Yeah, I know uh, I know a front hit on, uh, I think, that Friday night of uh, – that last weekend of muzzleloader because I was hunting it too. Uh, I'm pretty sure it cooled yeah. down a lot on Saturday. So, yeah. So Friday night is actually when I got them. Yep. Okay. And uh, so I go out, and so the funny thing was is so it was homecoming week here at Oklahoma State, uh-huh. and uh, Oklahoma State's homecomings nothing to mess around with. <laughs> it is it is legit, uh-huh. and uh, we do this thing called a walk around on the the day before the game, which is always a Friday and Friday night. And, uh, where you go around and see all the fraternity and sorority floats and there's, you know, games and whatever, all this fun stuff. And I was like, you know, playing, I'll go into that. Mm-hmm. But I was like earlier that day, I was like, I just, I just cannot go walk around the streets and, you know, do all of that and not be, 
not be hunting knowing that that deer that that deer is out there. Mm-hmm. Hashtag so priorities, like, man. Priorities. And definitely. Stuff. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I'll just show up fashionably late. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm going hunting. And I, I uh, end up going, and I don't see a single deer until, I want to say, it was, what, getting dark around 7, 7.05, something like that. I don't see a single deer until, like, 6.40. And it was off the property, and I, I get my binos up, and I look, and it was him. And uh, I just couldn't believe it. And I only saw him for about five seconds, and he went in the tree line heading my direction. And... Uh, I just couldn't believe it. I instantly like picked my phone up and I just texted my dad. I was like, I just saw him. Like I just was in awe that I just laid eyes on a deer of this, this caliber. And uh, so not long after he went in the wood line off the property, um, I had a doe come out in front of me and she, she comes about 50 yards. And I want to say the wind was, was a slight North wind that night. It was the front hadn't totally came in and it was it was still pretty calm. And where I was sitting, the wind shifts from the north to basically west, like straight west, and it's blowing right out to the field. Straight out to where that doe is. And that doe literally stood there for probably five minutes and was just throwing her nose up in the air. And she was stomping and looking at me the whole time. And I just was like, oh, my gosh, Like she's going to ruin the whole thing. She's going to blow and that deer is not going to come out. Mm-hmm. I just I was like, I just knew if she did. He wouldn't he wouldn't come out. And sure enough, I have I don't know why, but she she did not blow. And uh, right where she came out from on the wood line, right at about 100 yards, um, sure enough, I just see a rat come out from under, under the trees and sticks his head up. So I'm basically this field that I'm hunting it, uh, it didn't get harvested this year and it's literally just grass. So, which also it's a, it's a great bedding area for them this year, but so also it's about five foot tall, which doesn't <laughs> help me at all. Mm-hmm. Seeing deer. So, when he steps out, all I can see is his head and his horns. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sitting there like, like freaking out, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, never felt an adrenaline rush like this one. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, don't like the worst thing, you know, the worst thing you can do is just look at the horns, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, don't look at the horns. Like, don't look at the horns. But it's like, it was a mix between, it's hard to not look at the horns when they're that big. And also, when that's the only thing sticking above the, the all that grass, so I, I just got so excited. And so that deer walked out, walks about ten yards to the south, along that tree line, and that doe ended up running over to him. I think she she just saw him and she went over to him. And sure enough, um, I just can't see nothing of his vitals. I can't. I literally can only see his head and his horns. And so I. I you know, look out of the scope and I'm looking, trying to just find a gap that I could potentially shoot through that if you walk through it. And I all of a sudden just catch some movement running back to the left along that tree line. I picked the gun up and I look and it was him. And he stopped right about where he came out from of the woods and he stopped and I kinda see some of his vitals and stuff. And I was like I was like, he's about to he's about to dart. And I was like, he definitely smelt me or something. And because uh, that wind shifted from the north to the west, blowing straight east, straight to where this deer came out from. Mm-hmm. And he takes two steps after he stopped. And just this perfect little hole that I could just see all the way. I could just see like a line perfectly right at where his vitals are. And I put it on him and, and I shoot and just hear the whack of the bullet just hit him. And, uh, it's one of those things where it's kind of getting somewhat close to the end of shooting light. I mean, I still have the like five or 10 minutes, but, um, it's one of those things, you know, like when it gets like kind of hazy mm-hmm. and Oklahoma sunsets will sometimes get hazy. And then like a mixture between muzzleloader smoke as well. And yeah. all that grass kind of gets hard to see. Mm-hmm. And so all I was relying on was 
the the sound of that bullet hitting them and uh which which you know first instinct i'm just freaking out i'm like okay like i hit them mm-hmm. like i got them and but but i really didn't know where i hit him i was like i felt good about the shot um and i saw he literally just took two steps and was right there in the woods and so i'm sitting there a second and i see a deer walking about 10 yards from where i shot him and I, at this point it's a, it was in that grass so um i couldn't really see what it was i picked the gun up to look right whenever i saw that the body walking and i just don't see anything so like oh, i was probably just that doe and uh the doe he's with and she's probably didn't know what happened in his scurrying off or whatever so sure enough i called my dad and so my dad lives in oklahoma city and i was like i just freaking out i was like i just got him like like could not believe it and so what's funny is he was actually at a dinner date with my mom i guess they're they're just wrapping up and he was like he was like all right we gotta go and he left the end of that dinner day when they were wrapping up and drove drove straight up to Stillwater uh-huh. to come help me find it and just be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I end up, I give him about 40 minutes and I couldn't take it any longer. And I go down and I start looking right where I saw him run in and I get on blood pretty fast. And the bad thing was that I lose blood after about 15, 20 yards. Mm-hmm. And it did a little kind of half U shape in the woods and just lose it. And it was good, good blood. I mean, I wouldn't say good, it was decent blood, mm-hmm. um, bright blood. So I was like, okay, that's promising. Um, like, okay, it kind of looks like I hit vital. So like, okay, that, that makes me feel better, but then lose the blood. And I just don't know what to do. I was like, I looked everywhere all up in those woods, like pretty close to there. And called my dad and i was like yeah i'm just gonna back out it's like i lost it i was like we'll just come back give him some more time and we'll come back later with some better lights and um just just go after him then and uh so while i'm on the phone saying all of that i'm walking back out to the field and i essentially walked out right where right where he ran in and walked back out get right through that tall grass and i looked to my right and he's laying there 10 yards from me in the field that I shot him in. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I just could not believe it. And uh, so sure enough, that that shadow, that deer that I saw not long after I shot was him. And so what he did was he went in the woods and did a little semicircle and came right back out. And he literally died like 10 yards from where I shot him. And, but the thing was, he just went in the woods and did a U shape and just came right back out and died right there and so literally walking to go try to trail him i walked right past him like i just did not see him in that tall grass and uh then my dad came and it was just it was one of those those you know just awesome moments and couldn't couldn't believe like that it actually happened and came together and it was it was it was pretty incredible yeah awesome story man too i like it and, uh, man, it's like for a guy your age, it sounds like you had a lot of, one, just wisdom, you know, like not hunting in the mornings and stuff, but also just restraint. You know, with a buck that caliber, it would be very yeah. easy to overhunt him, uh, you know, try to go to check the camera every day, you know, all that type of stuff. So, uh, yeah, yeah it, it sounds like you, you know, really handled yourself well. So my hat's off to you I for that for that. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, I it was also one of those things I realized like, okay, a deer this size, like I'm, I may only get one chance if that. Mm-hmm. And so it's like one of those things you just gotta, I was trying to do the right thing to, to make a chance count if it, if it were to happen. And it just so happened that it, it did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome, man. And I, I, th- I feel like I've thought this and you're kind of making it ring true. Like, uh, just with all the, podcast today and the youtube content and everything like i feel like people are just having years taken off of their learning curve um you know yeah. like, there is no way i would have known all that stuff and had that control when i was 20 years old uh, i know that for a fact <laughs> and so uh yeah it's uh, you know that's part of the reason that i was inspired to start this podcast was for guys like you 
um, because I didn't really have a hunting mentor uh, growing up. You know, like my dad doesn't really hunt. Uh, my grandpa didn't really hunt anything like that. So a lot of the stuff I learned kind of on my own. Um, and yeah. so, yeah, like hearing a young guy like you talk about that, it's, it's just awesome. Like that is a dream come to dream come true for me, even though I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> it's still, still fun for me. So that's, that, awesome. that's awesome. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So, well, tell me a little bit about this buck. I mean, I've seen some pictures and I know I, I, I saw your picture in the paper. I've seen your picture online. Um, yeah. but tell me, tell me a little bit about him. So, um, we had him at four and a half years old after talking with the neighbor. So really not that old of a deer. Mm-hmm. Um, he'd been watching him the past few years and last year he was not near this big. Mm. Um, he was just a mainframe eight or nine with matching kickers off of his G twos, I wanna say. And this year just he he just blew up, obviously. And uh so that was I mean, my first instinct was like, Okay, this has to be like an old deer. I was like I mean, at least mature oldish deer. Mm-hmm. And when I found out he was four and a half, I was honestly pretty surprised. Mm-hmm. Um it didn't really surprise me that much in the sense of the two other big, bigger deer that I was getting on camera definitely had bigger bodies than him. Mm-hmm. But, um, it was, it was just one of those weird things where, I mean, I guess just freak genetic type thing. Yeah. Um, so he was a mainframe, uh, we had him at 10 by 12. So he, he had 22 scoreable points and, um, we scored, we gross scored him at 213, um, which of course that's unofficial. We got to wait for the, for the drying period and all that, but mm-hmm. that's, that's the gross score without all these deductions and everything. And, uh, it's just, I mean, he's got kickers galore. He's got palmation at the end of his left beam. He's got a, I mean, a four, three and a half, four inch drop coming off of his end of that palmation on that beam. He's got one kicker off of his right beam that's probably close to four and a half or five inches. Um, brow tines were really tall too. Um, I mean, honestly, like he's, he kind of got it all. Mm-hmm. It's like one side looks pretty normal mm-hmm. and, uh, just with with a couple extra kickers and then the other side it's like there's one point with four four kickers coming off of it another point that's got one kicker coming off of it and then it's like straight into that palmation and uh i mean you could almost argue that he's got two drop times side by side coming off that palmation but uh i mean it's honestly like i mean i've just never seen a deer (laughs) Mm-hmm. I've never seen a deer like this, obviously. Yeah. And I don't know if I ever will again, but uh-huh. I mean, I, I cannot complain. That's for sure. Uh huh. Hey, dream big, man. Dream big. Yeah. Uh, uh, a few, uh, I think it was like 2016, 2017 or something. I shot a, a really nice, you know, biggest deer I've ever killed. And, uh, one of my buddies made the comment, you know, deer of a lifetime, and I was like, man, I sure hope not. Like, I got a lot of life to live. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I am to beat yeah. him. So, you know, yours is going to be a little harder to beat. Mine wasn't near 213. But, uh, you know, like I said, ain't yeah. big. Uh, yeah. I have an, another question to ask. Uh, so a few weeks ago, I uh, I interviewed Zach Meadows, who's currently waiting to see if he broke the state record typical. Um, and it was really interesting talking to him kind of about, like, the aftermath um, you uh-huh. know, the newspapers calling and the stuff like that. Uh, what has that been like so far? It's, it's honestly been really crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, once like the first one kind of came out and others started seeing it, it just was like a domino effect. Um, then the news people the newspaper contacted me and I was like, holy cow, I was like, that's crazy. I was like, I didn't know at first that it was actually going to make the newspaper. I just thought he wanted to do an online article. Mm-hmm. And when I found out it was going to be in the paper, I was just like ecstatic. Then come to find out, I was like a whole half page of the paper. <laughs> like it's kind of, kind of hard to miss it if you were reading the paper. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that was, 
that was pretty cool. Um, a lot of, a lot of just phone interviews and, and news articles, just like, uh, just like online articles. Um, it, it's, it's definitely really weird because I will walk, like I was walking in the OSU stadium the other day during Bedlam and I had like three different guys walk up to me at different times and they're like, are you the, you, are you the guy that shot that, that big buck? <laughs> I was like, yeah, like, yeah, like that's, that's me. Like, mm-hmm. I get trying to stay humble about it, but it's, it's, it's one of those things. Like it's weird, yeah. honestly, because especially for, I mean, I mean, I just was hunting. I mean, I'm just doing what I love and uh, for it to get like that much attention. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. One question that uh, I, I wish I would ask Zach, uh, but I'm going to ask you because it's kind of the same thing. And this is kind of like an old wives tale that, uh, you know, back in the day, if somebody shot a big buck like that, you'd always hear, like, you know, Cabela's called him up and offered him $30,000 for the head and stuff. Any, uh, yeah. any, uh, any offers to buy the rack? No, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't gotten any yet. Uh, uh-huh. Don't honestly know if i would i mean my first mm-hmm. thought is no but i mean i mean a deer like that i mean getting a replica it's, that's not the same yeah, yeah. In, in my eyes it's just not like I'd, I'd, I'd much rather have the the real thing but uh mm-hmm. yeah but, i yeah. think uh i was basically expecting that answer i think uh i was basically trying to put yeah. that rumor to rest because i don't think that uh i don't think that stuff just that money doesn't flow around like that. Uh, you know, maybe it did yeah. at one time, maybe back in the eighties or something, but, uh, yeah. I've heard, I haven't heard too many offers of it's, extreme money for funny. bucks. That's what one of my friends told me is he was like, dude, you could sell that deer for, for so much. He was like, Cabela's are best, but literally was uh-huh. exactly what you just said. He said, uh, my grandpa told me they'd buy it for probably 20, 20 grand or so. Mm-hmm. He said, he sold them one years ago for, for a ton of money. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, it was like, that's, I mean, that's pretty cool, but I was like, I don't, I don't think that's for me though. Yeah. 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 It'd be hard to give it up. So definitely would. Mm-hmm. Well, cool, man. I think I'm about running out of questions, but, uh, man, you sound like an awesome guy. It sounds like a great, uh, great buck for a great guy. Um, any other things, uh, you want to throw out there before we shut it down? Um, one, one awesome aspect of this was, uh, was the neighbor. Mm. So, I mean, obviously he's chasing that deer too, or his dad was, and he was a little bit as well. And he's had him on camera for last year and maybe the year before that, but definitely this year, obviously too. Um, I mean, he handled that about as, as cool and as nice as he could have. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, someone's chasing a deer like that and, I mean, say you were chasing a deer and some, some kid just comes out and hangs a stand and kills that deer essentially out, out from under you. (laughs) But, um, I mean, he had every, every, uh, chance to kind of be upset about it. And he handled that, I mean, awesomely. And, uh, I, I took the deer right whenever I got done gutting them and everything. We, I took the deer over to his house to show him and, because what he told me early season, whenever we were talking, is he's like, he's like, yeah, that deer's gonna, that deer's gonna die this year by someone. He's like, I don't. He's like, could be you, could be me, could be my dad, could be my buddies up north of us. Like, he's like, that deer's gonna die. But he's like, I just want to see the thing. He's like, mm-hmm. I just want to like put my hands on him. And I, I remembered that, and I was like, I am, I have to go take it by his house. Mm-hmm. So I took it by his house and and let him see it and all that and he was he was really really cool about it and uh i mean i just can't can't say how much i appreciate that because i mean like i said he could have been a total total jerk about it and he was he was so happy for me which was which was really cool and i mean can't go without without not saying you know awesome awesome cool man well i really appreciate you coming on uh awesome story awesome buck and uh i don't guess i've said it yet but congratulations Oh, thank you. I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Sweet, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, good luck to you and your roommates the rest of the season. And thank we'll, you. Thanks we'll talk to you later. Me. Yeah, of course. All right, man. We'll talk to you later. All righty. Have a good one. 
There we have it. Congratulations again, Corp. Awesome buck. Awesome story. Uh, couldn't have happened to a better person. Super proud of you. And I hope all you guys enjoyed that story. And, you know, just throwing this out there too, a buck like this could come from anywhere, happen to anybody. And so just all the more reason to get out there and hunt because you never know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to pop up. So yeah, that's just my, uh, my two cents, my encouragement. Guys, hunting season's going to be gone before we know it. Get out there, uh, whether you're a deer hunter, duck hunter, pheasant hunter, quail hunter, hog hunter, coyote hunter, whatever. Um, you know, this this type of this time of year, excuse me, is one of the best times of year there is for hunting just about anything. You know, I know you can do hogs year round, um, but uh, all that other stuff, like you can't do it all the, all all year round. And it's, even if you can, usually it's not as good as it is right now. So just get out there. Enjoy this great state. Um, even if it's just getting out there, camping, hiking, whatever it is. You know, it's not 110 degrees right now. So you can actually get out there and enjoy some things and not just, you know, sweat the entire time you're out there. So, uh, yeah, please, please, please get out there. Enjoy this great state. Enjoy this great country. Um, hit me up on social media, email me, whatever. Um, I am, like I mentioned last time, I am planning to do some consulting this spring and summer. So if you're interested in that, uh, please let me know. Again, my email is okoutdoorspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you guys for listening to this. And until next week, I will see you guys right back here on the Oklahoma Outdoors Podcast.